106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Which political party founded the KKK? It's time to teach people the truth. <laughs> the Republican Party, of course. Wrong. 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 The Democrat Party. Are you serious? For real? You know which party abolished slavery? Which party? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the Democrat Party. It was actually the Republicans. Republicans were the anti-slavery party established Facts. in 1860 with Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Which political party gave African Americans the right to vote? Mmm... You can go with the Democrat. Republican. Republican. Yeah, well, well, all right. Okay. The Ukrainian government confirmed the resignation of multiple high-ranking Ukrainian officials caught in a massive corruption scheme. This is being called the largest mass resignation and corruption scandal since the Russian invasion began. Over a dozen high-ranking Ukrainian officials have quit their posts after it was revealed that they were stealing U.S. aid money. So your tax dollars, and not just U.S. money, European money, money from the EU, money from all over the world, being stolen to enrich themselves, buying expensive cars, embezzling money, bribery, buying houses. Did you see that what the San Francisco supervisors have done? They are now backing reparations. Uh, if you're a black person in San Francisco of five million dollars. All right, let me keep going. Five, you get five million dollars, elimination of personal debt, of, of all tax burdens, a guaranteed annual income of ninety-seven thousand dollars for two hundred and fifty years. Wow, must be some health care involved there too. <laughs> <laughs> and a home that you get for one dollar. The first to comment on this was uh, George Santos, who said, "As a black man, Black History Month, you find ridiculous. Why?" You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is white history month? No, well, no, 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 come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month sure. is Jewish history month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Do yeah. you want one? No, no. No. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You want to say, well, I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. We found a 1,200-fold increase in severe menstrual abnormalities, a 57-fold increase in miscarriage, a 38-fold increase in fetal death or stillbirth rates. And um, we found 15 other major pregnancy complications, all far exceeding the CDC and the FDA um, values of safety. The, the pushing of these experimental COVID-19 vaccines globally is the greatest violation of medical ethics in the history of medicine. We compared the COVID-19 vaccine adverse events over 18 months with that of the influenza vaccine over 282 months. 
we found a 1,200-fold increase in severe menstrual abnormalities, a 57-fold increase in miscarriage, a 38-fold increase in fetal death or stillbirth rates. And um, we found 15 other major pregnancy complications, all far exceeding the CDC and the FDA um, values of safety. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. I'm your host here for the next few hours, uh, six segments of 20 minutes each, and then some clips in, in between that I've uh, collected for you that I think you'll find fascinating and entertaining. This is the uh, April 1st show, uh, number 209, and uh, it will appear on that Saturday in the morning or maybe you get it over there at nohostagesradio.com where you can get it there as well you can also click on the listen live button at nohostagesradio.com and and catch the live show on kmyc 14 10 a.m each saturday if you want to do that you can reach me at 530-713-1838 that's my cell phone you can reach it 24 hours a day i'm on the left coast over here in california northern california but you can text me or call me anytime you want 530-713-1838 if you have any questions you can also of course text items there comments and uh, you could also email me at lou l-o-u at nohostagesradio.com once again lou at nohostagesradio.com spelling on lou is l-o-u and uh some of you utilize the email to send some uh, segments or clips. That's fine. I, I appreciate all the help. Always interested to uh, look at what you're offering. Uh, let's see. I think that's it for the time being, and let's get into this today. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, for those of you in California that uh, there is an important issue uh, on uh, going before the legislature right now, and it's called Senate Constitutional Amendment Number Four, or SCA Four, and it deals with a uh, bill to fix Prop 19. Prop 19 was a proposition on the ballot a couple elections ago, and that proposition, unfortunately, was a very deceptive proposition. And um, what it basically did, once it passed by a small, small margin, was it gutted some of the benefits of uh, Prop 13, which passed back in, I think it was 1978, which provided a lot of property tax reduction uh, in California and saved people thousands of dollars each year. Unfortunately, our... uh, uh, representative, our assembly member uh, in the uh, district here where Yuba Sutter Counties is, is James Gallagher. He actually endorsed the gutting of the Prop 13 amendment to take away the tax uh, benefits of transferring property from 
parent to child or from grandparent to child if the parents are already gone. And uh, it, you, under Prop 13, you could transfer property from generation to generation without having the property reassessed for value and then having the uh, sale, the uh, property taxes uh, escalated. And a lot of times it would be so high that people uh, could not afford to keep the property, even though they inherited it, they couldn't afford to pay the taxes. So they had to sell the property to just pay off the, the uh, belated tax bill. So uh, Prop 13 corrected that. Uh, that's the way it was prior to Prop 13. But now Prop 19, which James Gallagher endorsed, um, made it uh, a tax a tax problem for people that have paid taxes all their life, worked hard all their life, saved their money, invested in property, and um, and they had a tax basis under Prop 13 back to where they bought the property. So instead of being able to convey that lower tax basis and lower uh, tax assessment and lower taxes onto the next generation, the government, of course, penalized people from trying to bless their children, which the Bible actually teaches us to be a blessing to future generations. But the government is uh, satanic. And so it doesn't want to bless kids or help the next generation keep the family farm or the family house. And uh, so, therefore, uh, this is going through committee right now. It's SC4, Senate Constitutional Amendment Number 4, to fix Prop 19. It's called Repeal the Death Tax on the Ballot. Um and so voters can bring back constitutional rights that were lost when Prop, Prop 19 passed narrowly in 2020 after a very, according to Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, their words are, it was a very deceptive campaign. And uh, so they're asking for voters to be able to uh, have the right to consider the question over again, this time with uh, complete uh, explanation of what the the bill would really do so they're asking people to make calls uh regarding sc4 to two senate committees the governance and finance committee and the elections and constitutional amendment committee and i'm probably not going to read not read a lot of details on this uh there's uh the people that are on this committee are not in my district, they're in other districts. Many of them are Democrats. But the fact is, I think that many Democrat voters, if they understand what's going on with this, they uh, will oppose this uh, or they will support this and to stop the uh, the death tax. And uh, so uh, people like Brian Dolly, a senator, uh, He's probably going to vote for it anyway. I'm just trying to uh, contact people that you might be able to have an influence. Or you could just look up the co-authors. Or you could look up SCA4 to see who are on these various committees and call them. Uh, I can give you a couple names. Uh, but it's important that, they, that there's four people, there's three people on the government governance and finance committee and there's three four seven on the elections and constitutional amendment committee and then there's some other people they just oh i guess the the governance and finance committee has more than three they have actually five eight 
that are listed here. Governance and Finance Committee, you could look those up and uh, call them yourself or the Elections and Constitutional Amendment Committee. What we're trying to do is get it out of committee and get it put on the back on the ballot uh, so we could uh, we could get this going. You could call your state representative. For, you're from Yuba Sutter County, so you could call James Gallagher, who created this problem, and uh, tell him you want it to uh, uncreate it and get back to the way it was. So again, uh, what, what they created was a situation where before Prop, 13, Prop 19, which happened in 2020, people could give their property, their business property uh, and real estate uh, or their homes to their children or to their grandchildren uh, without any escalation in the market value of the property. If you escalate the market value of the property on the tax rolls, then you're going to get a huge tax increase. And uh, so uh, what we're trying to do is get back there pre-Prop 19 to the Prop 13 rules. And, uh, you know, what, what happens is, uh, you know, in every area of government right now, we're just being lied to. And so these lies, uh, when the propositions go on the ballot and it says, oh, this is this is what this is going to do. It, generally, it's always twisted and it's confusing or it's an ab absolute fabrication. So I want to mention that to you. And if you can do something for that, uh, that would be a huge help. You know, it's interesting. So many people that listen to the uh, podcasts like this or listen to radio shows are homeowners or property owners, and yet they just don't really care. And they think, oh, I'll, I don't mind. Uh, let my kids get screwed. That's essentially what the government's doing is screwing the kids and the grandkids. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Rich people, they just seem to get around these things, but they screw everybody else like James Gallagher uh, claims he's a Republican, but actually acts like a Democrat. So um, also wanted to mention uh, in this first segment that uh, – Guy writes, right now there are at least 168 school districts that encompass around 6,000 schools who can hide your child's gender identity from you. That What they're talking about there is, uh, obviously, it's your child. You know what their gender identity is. What they're talking about is kids coming to school and being convinced that they may be a different gender, even though they're plumbed uh, a different fashion. And so uh, what they're saying here is there are at least 168 entire districts that that includes 6000 schools in those districts who can hide your child's gender identity from you. The gender identity they're referring to is the gender identity they have convinced them to switch to on the school campus. Then it goes on. It says 3.2 million students are in districts where staff can groom and transition transition your child without your knowledge or consent based on mental health without your consent based on mental health. Um, so that's something to, uh, to learn about. If you're, you have children in the government schools, you should have a talk with the key person, uh, say the superintendent of schools or the principal of your school and have a real straight talk. It's going to be tough to lie to you, lie, lie to your face. As someone once said, now, uh, I was going to, I should tie something into this. I'm just looking right here to see. Kids groomed in schools. 
So we have another. We also have legislation before the uh, before the Sacramento legislators about allowing kids 11 or 12 years of age and up to choose to move into care homes, you know, like youth youth homes. And uh, instead of being with their parents and they can move in without your parents, without their parents uh, permission. And it's called legalized kidnapping. And um, I'm just trying to look at it here. So essentially that hasn't passed yet. But what they're basically saying is these are kids who need mental health care and it's all connected to gender. And uh, so they're telling them that. uh, So this is. There's all kinds of articles here and I can't seem to find the one that I wanted uh, about Gavin Newsom is going to sign it. And it's going to allow kids to move into uh, group homes. You know what group homes are? They're like foster care homes. And sometimes kids that are in the uh, juvenile hall or in their, they, they are not being cared for by their parents in a way that the government thinks is good. Uh, it, it's called state-sanctioned kidnapping. California Democrats advance bill that will allow children as young as 12 to enroll in group homes. You know, group homes cost thousands of dollars per month per child, says California Assemblywoman Wendy Carrillo, the woman behind the sinister bill known as AB 665, deceptively claims their legislation just helps disadvantaged kids obtain mental health services. Do you remember now, Gavin Newsom has uh, got legislation passed to hire 10,000 new mental health counselors to go into the public, the government schools after his wife uh, shows her films that are porno films and uh, cross-gender films. And they, they feel that they, they uh, totally screw up kids so badly that they have to have counseling afterwards. So now we've hired 10,000 new mental health counselors in California, or they're in the process of doing that. It's in the budget all because of these uh, cross-gender films. So now Wendy Carrillo says, hey, we're just wanting to give people mental health services. What you're seeing, I just was passed a, uh, a survey that's being handed out by our behavioral health people in, in uh, Yuba Sutter counties where it asks little kids, we're talking about first, second, third graders, all about their views on everything and uh, sexuality and all that kind of stuff just total nonsense so there's there's a mental health move to take over your kids do you you realize i was just talking to a substitute teacher uh the other day uh having dinner with his family and he he mentioned that essentially when your child is at school so school has parental control over the child And so that's just a step towards the government saying we actually we're loaning the kids to you. Uh, You have them for a little bit at a time to take care of them at home. But really, we own the kids, period. The ultimate goal of the bill, the article says, uh, which a San Francisco lawyer dubbed the state sanctioned kidnapping bill is to send gender confused children to a shelter where they will be brainwashed into taking puberty 
blockers. And uh, what's happening is we had uh, the Marysville Joint Unified School District superintendent speaking on 93Q recently and talking about wellness. And we're going to have all these wellness clinics on campus. Those wellness clinics are going to be places where you can get your puberty blockers and change clothes and get if you feel if you're feeling like your feminine side coming out that day you can go and get yourself some panties if you're a boy and a dress and etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, that's what's going on on our campuses now if you think you're going to I'm not asking you to even do much on this I'm just telling you that if you have children in school are going to be going to school uh you need to really consider making a move, getting them out of school. Let me read you this quote. The bill, this is, re, the bill reads this way. For LB, LGBTQ youth, the rejection from parents, harassment in schools, and the overall LGBTQ, etc., negativity present in society, present in society can lead to a depression, anxiety, drug and alcohol use, and other negative outcomes. Over one half of the surveyed LGBTQ plus youth reported that not being able to get permission from their parents or guardians was sometimes or always a barrier to accessing mental health services. What we're doing here is they're going to step in and when they identify your kid as being gender confused or uh, maybe they don't think they're gender confused, but they're plumbed as a boy and act like a girl or they're plumbed as a girl and act like a boy. They're likely uh, if they say, oh, I'd, home has been difficult because of this, they'll move them to a group home. That's what's happening right here, folks. Uh And they will be able to move them at 12 years of age or older without parental consent. They are no longer your children, my, my friends. So the best thing you can do is get them out of the school where they're having all these people uh, fawning over them and playing uh, gender games with their lives. And so I just want to give you a shout out that that's a big problem and uh, you, you better take care of it. I'm telling you. Uh, you think, oh, all these excuses. Oh, well, we don't have time to homeschool, or oh, I don't have, I don't have the money to private school. You better figure it out. You better talk to other parents. If you want to talk to parents, you can reach out to on uh, the Church of Glad Tidings in in Yuba City or Sutter County. You can go to their website, churchofgladtidings.com, and then click on Ministries and go down to Arrow Education. And if you can connect with Arrow Education, they are all. Uh, homeschool parents from not just from glad tidings throughout the community that meet out there uh, one day a week to have school together and share together and have uh, sports together fun together interactive together and uh, you get some instruction out there so if you're thinking about homeschooling you want to talk to some parents or check into curriculum that's where to go arrow education and they meet out i think it's i don't know it's I don't know it's Wednesdays. It tells everything on the website there on churchofgladtidings.com. Okay. And you can also click on Epic E-P-E-C on that same list that drops down. When you click on ministries, you'll see Epic education E-P-E-C. And you can click to that, those pages and see what the private school looks like out there and uh, pri- private educational operation out there. So check it out. And, uh, 
trying to help you everywhere you can. Leaving your kids in school is a loser, period. There, there isn't any positive thing about it. So, um, all right. Also, I want to mention to you that uh, Dr. Campbell, John Campbell, if you've seen him on YouTube, he says, remember they said originally that the vaccine juice that they shoot in your arm, the, the, the clot shot, the COVID clot shot, would just stay in the flesh right around your arm and it wouldn't get out into your organs. They now realize that these vaccine companies knew all along that the lipid nanoparticles go all the way to the organs and they knew that all along. They just didn't disclose it. They lied all the way. We'll talk more about about the COVID-19 vaccine in a few minutes, but uh, first of all, we're going to take our initial break of the day and get into our second of six segments. Be right back. that I would have to face the prospects of not living in the United States of America, at least not the one I've known all my life. I've never wished to live anywhere else. This is my home, and I was privileged to be born here. But today I woke up, and as I had my morning coffee, I realized that everything is about to change. No matter how I vote, no matter what, I say something evil has invaded our nation, and our lives are never going to be the same. I've been confused by the hostility of family and friends. I look at people I've known all my life, so hate-filled that they agree with opinions they would never express as their own. I think I may have well entered the twilight zone. We become a nation that has lost its collective mind. You can't justify this insanity. If a guy pretends to be a woman, you're required to pretend with him. Somehow, it's un-American for the census to count how many Americans are in America. Russians influencing our elections are bad, but illegals voting in our elections are good. It was cool for Joe Biden to blackmail the president of Ukraine, but it's an impeachable offense if Donald Trump inquires about it. 20 is too young to drink a beer, but 18 is old enough to vote. People who have never owned slaves should pay slavery reparations to people who have never been slaves. People who have never been to college should pay the debts of college students who took out huge loans for their degrees. Immigrants with tuberculosis and polio are welcome, but you better be able to prove your dog is vaccinated. Irish doctors and German engineers who want to immigrate to the U.S. must go through a rigorous vetting process, but any illiterate gangbangers who jump the southern fence are welcome. Five billion dollars for border security is too expensive, but 1.5 trillion for free health care is not. If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison, but if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. People who say there is no such thing as gender are demanding a female president. We see other countries going socialist and collapsing, but it seems like a great plan to us. Some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were born, and other people are not held responsible for what they're doing right now. Criminals are caught and released to hurt more people, but stopping them is bad because it's a violation of their rights. And pointing out all this hypocrisy somehow makes us racist. Nothing makes sense anymore. No values, no morals, and no civility. People are dying of a Chinese virus, but it's racist to refer to it as Chinese, even though it began in China. We're clearly living in an upside-down world where right is wrong and wrong is right. 
where moral is immoral and immoral is moral, where good is evil and evil is good, where killing murderers is wrong, but killing unborn babies is a-okay. Wake up, America. The great unsinkable ship, Titanic America, has hit an iceberg, is taking on water, and is sinking fast. Speak up. You guys, we are just here. Black Lives Matter. Woo! All Lives Matter. Woo! Yes, we are here to support our president, Donald John Trump. We are not black. Remember that. Okay. We ain't black. If you don't vote for him, you ain't black. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. So I guess I ain't black. Okay, so we want to see more minorities. We want to see more people of, of, of color. You'll see less. We want to see, because we know that you are out there. Maybe you're afraid to step out and to, to show your support for America and for God and for Donald Trump and for country, but come on out. It's okay. Come on to the right side. Come on to the but right again, side. If you like high gas prices, if you like killing babies, if you don't know whether you're a man or woman, a child, like a unicorn, a, a, a frog, if you don't know what you are what, or anything like that, if giving all your hard-earned money to a different country is what you like, this ain't the party for you. And guess what? If you keep voting left, you'll have nothing left. Hello. We've seen three years of lying to us. Virtually everything the government said and did in terms of the pandemic was a lie. From early treatment, benefits of early treatment, the hazards of early treatment, the benefits of lockdowns, the benefits of masking. Um, you know, uh, Walensky just testified in the congressional hearing. The CDC that, director. Yes. That uh, the, that masks have we we never investigated masks because the evidence for their benefit is so overwhelming, and this was a week after the Cochrane Commission issued a 280-page report showing that masking does absolutely nothing, either for source control or for personal protection. And she, knowing that report a week later, lied to Congress. This is this the tenor of the, all of the discussions from the government lying to us for three years over this pandemic and virtually everything it did. And we're supposed to turn around and trust that they would not make misuse of, of this very stigmatizing information to lock us out of activities of normal daily life that we are, our human rights are entitled to, uh, you know, as, as part of our life in the United States. Why would we believe that they wouldn't do it? At a used car lot on the edge of town, a liberal guy, a liberal guy by Hugo. And they drive with pride. Cause if there's one thing that this world needs, it's environmental friends who'll take the lead and you go. I say, people, don't you understand? Those suburbans are ruining the land. But they'll wish I had a full-size van one day. They point fingers at you and me. But if they were too blind to see, do we simply use our hands and choose another way? As those small wheels turn. Fifty miles to the gallon and their knees on the chest before saving up gas for all the rest of you go. Oh, 
right, welcome back. I was uh, I just played this clip. You may have thought it was odd about the Yugo, or you um, you may have uh, remembered it from many years ago. Rush Limbaugh used to play it, and uh, I wanted to, uh, it came to mind because there's an article. <clears throat> About the EV vehicles, if you think the EV vehicles, the Teslas and all that are the thing of the future, uh, you have swung and missed because there's big problems all over the place with the uh, the elect the hybrids and all kinds of electric vehicles. And I'm kind of scrolling down here trying to find. So uh, anyway, there's a <clears throat> article here says EVs, electric vehicles, are the Yugo of the 21st century. So I played you the little Yugo. The Yugo was a, uh, it was called the Yugo, and it was a, a, a small, very small compact car made by the, the country of Yugoslavia. And it was a piece of junk. Literally, the parts would fall off of it driving down the road. So I'm going to read this to you. Way back in the mid-80s, communist Yugoslavia exported the Yugo. Again, the 80s. This is before communism ended. And it said it sold for around $4,000. It was so poorly made that bumping into a pole at five miles per hour could total the entire car. In other words, you couldn't fix it. You just junk it out at five miles per hour. Fast forward to today, and a new class of cars has a similar problem. A minor accident can cause a total loss even if the car's been driven only just a few miles. The only difference is that these cars aren't cheap imports like the Yugo uh, from a socialist state. They are the -the state-of-the-art electric vehicles that come with an average sticker price of $55,000. Why are insurance companies totaling low-mileage EVs out? You know what I mean by totaling them out, saying, you know, it's not worth fixing it. We're just going to pay you off on this car and go get yourself a different car. That's what they do. So the question is, why are insurance companies totaling out low-mileage EVs that have been in, in a fender bender? Well, for the same reason, you could total a Yugo uh, when backing out of a parking lot and hitting a pole. The cost of the repair is simply exorbitant compared to what the car cost initially. So Reuters... Uh, R-E-U-T-E-R-S reported for many electric vehicles there's no way to repair or assess even slightly damaged battery packs after an accident which means the only viable option is to replace the battery which represents half the cost of the car you know electric vehicle they're almost all battery and it's the half the cost of the car right so a replacement battery for a $44,000 Tesla Model 3 Model 3 can cost up to $20,000. So if something, you get in a cruncher and it damages part of the battery pack, you got to go get a new battery pack. That's 20 grand. So if they, and then they got to fix the body. So they may just total the dude out. So one one expert said that uh, Tesla's Model Y has zero repairability because its battery is built into the structure of the car. It's not a special component in and out. You get it? Zero repairability. In other words, uh, you know, it's interesting. Back in the day, they did a lot of uh, straightening out of fenders and Bondo and buffing and painting. And a lot of times you could see where the car had been straightened and painted. Nowadays, they just take 
the section off of the car and put another section on it. That's how they had these different components. That's how they did my car. They, uh, when I got bumped in the front end, they just took those sections off and put brand new pieces on and then painted them very straight, just like from the factory. But now the Tesla model Y has zero repairability as a result. Uh, even a minor incident can end up with a beautiful new EV being hauled away to the junkyard. Now, this is this is what we've been sold is the way of the future. First of all, many of them are catching on fire, which causes thousands and thousands of gallons of water to try to get them to put put get the fire put out. They have to have special hookups in your house, special electrical hookups that are different than your average house outlet to re to uh, recharge your batteries and then recharging your batteries at one of these local hookups down up downtown or wherever you're just going to have to sit around and read a book or something or do Pilates out on the street. EV electrical vehicle salvage sales in the U S and Europe have found a, a large number of low mileage EVs made by Tesla, Nissan, Hyundai, and others being scrapped out at Synetic, the UK's largest salvage company, head of operation Mike Hill said over the last 12 months, the number of EVs in isolation bay where they must be checked to avoid fire risk at the firm's Doncaster yard has soared from perhaps a dozen every three days to up to 20 per day. Insuring an electric car is already 27% more expensive on average than a gasoline-powered car. If insurers keep totaling new EVs with minor damage, those rates are going to go through the roof, someone once said. Uh, so today's EVs are like the Yugos of yesteryear. One autocritic said of the Yugo that it had the distinct feeling of something assembled at gunpoint. Remember, it came from a communist country. That was probably literally true in the case of the Yugo, but it's essentially the same situation with EVs today. Consumers aren't banging on dealership doors demanding EVs. Ford reported last week that its e-car division, electric car division, is losing billions of dollars a year. Billions a year. Car companies pouring money into electric cars only because the government is holding a gun to their heads saying build EVs or perish. I'm telling you, there's not anything green about an EV. Everything about the, the EV is built with fossil fuels. The only thing not fossil fuel about it is the fact that it is going to renew itself or renew its charge off electricity. But even the electricity, as opposed to filling its tank with oil or gas. So, um, but even the electricity is coming from fossil fuels. These things are a complete fraud and are going to be a mess and are not going to, like I got 190 some thousand on my Honda Element. It's a gasoline car. I can put regular gasoline in it. It runs great. I just do ma minor maintenance. That This car, my car, will be around long after all these EVs are gone because they just are going to fall apart and catch on fire and all kinds of trouble. So that's the story with, uh, that's the story with the, uh, EV predicament. Uh, it's trouble, trouble, trouble. Um, all right. 
So I mentioned that uh, Dr. John Campbell, who has been talking about uh, COVID all the way through from the beginning and then talking about the COVID jabs all the way through. And now, basically, well, not basically, not, uh, let me just say it the way it really is, the truth. There isn't one aspect of the COVID, I'm putting quotes around the term pandemic, the COVID fraud, there isn't anything they said, they being the government, that has been true. Every single thing about COVID has been a lie. So John Campbell is now revealing, Dr. John, they, that they, that means Pfizer, Moderna, Janssen and Janssen, AstraZeneca, all knew that the lap, lipid nanoparticles go to all the organs, and they knew that before they approved it. You remember it was an emergency authorization. They never did get official approval. But they knew that there was trouble, and they didn't they hide, they hid it. They didn't divulge the truth, okay? So um, wanted to mention this lady, I saw her last year, the year before, name's Deborah Conrad, a physician's assistant in New York. And she came on the air and began telling how uh, she wanted to file a complaint, uh, an adverse reaction form needed to be filled out because at the hospital there was people coming in after they took the jab and they had adverse reactions. So she had never filled out a form before. She asked about it. It was confusing. Nobody wanted to fill one out. The hospital discouraged her from filling one out. So finally, she said, somebody needs to fill one out. So she followed the law. You're supposed to fill one out. So in 2021, Conrad, work at, working as a physician's assistant, uh, began to notice the side effects of the COVID-19 shot. And they were being ignored by fellow fellow medical professionals, and uh, and medical professionals were hesitant to fill the the form out to report it to the vaccine adverse event uh, system, which uh, is set up for all kinds of medical professionals to report trouble they're having with a product. So uh, she said after the vaccines came out, there was a quick, very quick uptick in unusual symptoms, some of which I had never seen in my 20-year career. In every case, it was somebody who had received the COVID-19 shot. Until the COVID vaccines were released to the public, Conrad had never encountered an adult patient with respiratory synctial virus rsv suddenly patients were being admitted with rsv and according to conrad every patient who came in with rsv was vaccinated for covid they'd been vaccinated she said it just wasn't normal conrad also revealed that they that she saw children who had recently been vaccinated come down with intense cases of pneumonia who had who had previously been completely healthy children they weren't able to walk or eat and uh, they were completely and totally fatigued, Conrad said, of the adolescents with pneumonia. A lot of these myocarditis cases came in with fevers because of this massive inflammatory response that was taking place in the body. So they would be labeled as septic, treated as we were treating pneumonia or fevers of unknown origin. We treat 
we'd treat them with antibiotics and all sorts of other things, not realizing they were having heart failure. When Conrad began trying to file the reports for VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, she was met with backlash from the leadership at her workplace in the hospital. They kept telling me, we're looking into it and we'll get back to you. Around April 2021, leadership came back and said no one else is reporting injuries, implying that I was crazy and there was nothing really going on with the vaccines, Conrad said. She uh, was then accused of over-reporting, over-reporting to VAERS and told that by doing VAERS reports and even or even discussing VAERS, that it was an admission that the vaccines were unsafe, so it's contributing to vaccine hesitancy. Vaccine hesitancy is when people uh, that that have not been vaccinated resist being vaccinated. She said her workplace became a very hostile environment after that. No one cared, Conrad said. Finally, I had had it. It was so unethical. I couldn't take it anymore. The VAERS reports are critical to assuring these vaccines are safe for us all. I could no longer be a part of a system that is lying to the American, the American people. I couldn't remain silent, even if it meant losing my career and everything I worked for, she said. I was fired a few weeks later and walked out like a criminal in front of all my peers. After being fired for speaking the truth and advocating for patient safety, Conrad realized that the whole system was corrupt and how unethical the relationship is between federal officials and the pharmaceutical industrial complex. The light in the whole experience for me is that now I'm aware of how deep the lies and corruption really are. So that is a physician's assistant with over two decades of experience that tried to do the right thing. In fact, a part of the bill that gave the pharmaceutical companies immunity in 1986 uh, demanded that a VAERS system be set up that people from all over the United States could, like a doctor, <clears throat> or uh, whether it's a private doctor or an emergency room doctor or any type of doctor, and maybe other health professionals could fill out report forms saying, hey, I had this individual, I treated this individual, this individual had all these symptoms after they took the jab, and we think that it's caused by the jab. And so then they, they log that report with the, uh, the vaccine uh, reporting system. And the interesting thing is that I've never heard any medical person say that the, they all say the same thing, that only about 1% of all problems are reported to VAERS for many reasons. One is it's a pain in the rear to do it. It takes a lot of time to do it, fill out the forms. Uh, a lot of times people don't even know there's such a system. There's poor training. They, there's a lot of work. Even uh, uh, the top heart specialist at Baylor University said when he was, he's still practicing, uh, Peter McCullough is still practicing doctor, not just a uh, uh, academic. And he, he said he was giving the jab to some of his patients when it first came out, thinking it was a good deal. And so he uh, sat down when he had a couple problems. He went to fill out a VAERS report. He said it took him a half hour to fill it out. So uh, that's something to think about. And uh, 
It's the problem we have because we have a medical, industrial, pharmaceutical complex that are lying to the American people. In fact, I, I just saw a very short clip, which I didn't play it because it didn't identify the speaker as Albert Borla, B-O-U-R-L-A. Albert Borla is the head of Pfizer. I think they made $44 billion or $60 billion in two years off selling the jab. Borla said he's not taking the jab. Isn't that interesting? The head of Pfizer said he's not taking the jab. You know why? He said, well, he's over 65. Now, I thought to all the old people, it was going to help them beef up their immune system, right? So he said, um, I'm not on the front lines. I'm not a frontline medical worker. And because of my age, uh, they, they said I didn't need to take the jab. I thought, oh, uh, I bet a lot of people would like to have the benefits that he just had. So... Uh, Sorry, I'm just setting my timer. I forgot to set my timer. So I'm just watching uh, how close I'm getting so I don't run over this segment. So anyway, uh, Borla Borla, uh, said he didn't take the jab. After all this hoopla that we're going to save the world, right? Interesting how the top dogs aren't taking the jab. Now, I know some of them pretended like they were, but I don't really think they they actually took the jab. And you know that now Borla, uh, Pfizer, is going to buy a cancer a research group uh, to create a cancer vaccine. You know why? Because there's been a huge uptick in cancers uh, since the jab. It, it has stopped the resistance to cancers, and now we all have all kinds of uh, cancers, according to Ryan Cole, one of the top pathologists in the United States who operates out of the uh, state of Idaho and has one of the busiest labs in the United States. and said, I've never seen as many cancers, in fact, uterine cancers and all kinds of breast cancers, uterine cancers, uh, blood cancers, uh, never seen so many. Now, so Borla has created the, the vaccine or the jab that's actually creating the cancers, and now he's going to hire, he's going to pay 40 to $50 million for a firm that deals with cancer and going to turn around and create a cancer vaccine and make money coming and going, as someone once said. All right, we're going to be right back in just a minute and uh, give you another a third segment. Someone, someone's done you wrong. You thought that your love was strong. Now you're feeling like such a fool. Are you? You're thinking. Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. Judy Roberts, she was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs. I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed. So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. This disease can even kill. 
Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died, allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. For Judy Roberts, progress back to good health has been painful and partial. Have you recovered as much as you are going to recover? Yes, this, this is it. So you will now have a legacy of braces on your legs for the rest of your life? Yes, the weakness in my hands will stay and the leg braces will stay. Judy, why did you take the flu shot? I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. Dr. David Sensor, then head of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, is now in private industry. He devised the swine flu program and he pushed it. You began to give flu shots to the American people in October of 76. October 1st. By that time, how many cases of swine flu around the world had been reported? There had been uh, several reported, but none confirmed. There had been cases in uh, uh, Australia that were reported by the press, uh, by the news media. There were cases in... Uh, none confirmed. Did you ever uncover any other outbreaks of swine flu anywhere in the world? No. Now, nearly everyone was to receive the shot in a public health facility where a doctor might not be present. Therefore, it was up to the CDC to come up with some kind of official consent form, giving the public all the information it needed about the swine flu shot. This form stated that the swine flu vaccine had been tested. What it didn't say was that after those tests were completed, the scientists developed another vaccine. And that was the one given to most of the 46 million who took the shot. That vaccine was called X53A. Was X53A ever field tested? Uh, I, I can't say I would have to. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. Well, I would think that you're in charge of the program. The consent form was also supposed to warn people about any risks of serious complications following the shot. But did it? No, I had never heard of any reactions other than a sore arm, fever, this sort of thing. I looked at that document, I signed it, nothing on there said I was gonna have a heart attack, I'd get Guillain-Barre, which I never heard of. What if people from the government, from the Center for Disease Control, what if they had indeed known about it? What would be your feeling? They should have told us. Did anyone ever come to you and say, you know something, fellas? There's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program. No. No one ever did? No. Do you know Michael Hatwick? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Hatwick directed the surveillance team for the swine flu program at the CDC. His job was to find out what possible complications could arise from taking the shot and to report his findings to those in charge. Did you know ahead of time, Dr. Hatwick, that there had been case reports of neurological disorders, neurological illness, apparently associated with the injection of influenza vaccine? Absolutely. You did? Yes. How'd you know that? By review of the literature. So you told your superiors, the men in charge of the swine flu immunization program, about the possibility of neurological disorders? Absolutely. What would you say if I told you that your superiors say that you never told them about the possibility of neurological complications? That's nonsense. I can't believe that they would say that they did not know that there were neurological illnesses associated with influenza vaccination. That simply is not true. We did know that. Why does this report 
from your own agency, dated July 1976, list neurological complications as a possibility. I think the uh, consensus of uh, the scientific community was that the evidence relating neurologic disorders to influenza immunization uh, was such that they did not feel that this association was a real one. You didn't feel it was necessary to tell the people that information? Uh, I think that uh, over the, the years we have tried to inform the American people as, as fully as possible. I am a little more adamant in my thoughts than my wife is because uh, I asked, told Judy to take the shot. She wasn't going to take it and uh, she never had had shots and uh, I'm mad with my government because they knew the facts. But they didn't release those facts because they, if they had released them, the people wouldn't have taken it. And they can come out tomorrow and tell me there's going to be an epidemic and they can drop off like flies to me. I will not take another shot that my government tells me to take. Yes, my name's Jennifer Bridges. Um, I'm, an, I'm, I'm still a nurse, but I was fired from Houston Methodist. Other doctors, whistleblowers were coming to me to share information. So I've seen text messages, I've seen emails where Methodist Hospital threaten their doctors. You cannot sign medical exemptions, you cannot talk about, you cannot report adverse reactions to these vaccines. And then if you do, and if somebody was actually brave enough to do that on writing, there were other people higher up to erase those. Those were not to be allowed on record. I have the proof and I have the people that have shown me these things. Why you in so much hurry? Is it really worth the What's it like inside the bubble? Does your head ever give you trouble? It's no sin. Trade it in. Hang on. Help is on its way. I'll be there as fast as I can. Hang on. All right. Well, I, I, uh, I think I told you last week that someone tried to cut off my catalytic converter or some of my friends who don't know what catalytic means, they call it a Cadillac converter. And so far, my Honda Element, still a Honda Element, the converter did not change it to a Cadillac. But someone tried to cut it off right out in front of a restaurant in broad daylight. And uh, thankfully, they couldn't get it all the way off because of a, a miscue by the thief. And so I was able to take it to all power services and will fanning just welded it right back up went out and bought a new part where it connected onto the frame hooked it up welded it up and it sounded just brand new just humming like like not like a big motorboat but it uh, was good as new good like showroom so uh if you have something that's broken and you have a piece of equipment that's broken whether it's a weed eater or a, 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 what do they call it, a snowmobile, or a jet ski, or some kind of a fun thing you do, off-road type vehicle, or you have a big rig, you got a big tractor-trailer rig, and you're making money with it, and you need something fixed on it, hydraulics or anything, they will fix it. Whatever, if it's an all powered by something, they will. They, they do all of it. That's all, that's all that all means, all power services. So you can text them or call them at 530-844-0347, 844 
And as many of you know that listen to the show, it's in Yuba City, south of Yuba City at 1469 Stewart Road. Got a warehouse down there. Really quiet little area right on the farm farm community, 1469 Stewart, right off Highway 99. So give them a shout out. And uh, if you're having a hard day, they might even be able to fix your hurt feelings out there from somebody that stepped on your toes. Also, if you need some excavator or backhoe work done, uh, when you need it, you got to have it. You're not going to be able to pull it off with your shovel. So a uh, little Billy's excavator and backhoe service. That's Israel Garcia. He can hook you up and you could dial him up or text him at five, three, zero, three hundred sixty, ten, three hundred sixty, ten. And he will treat you right and do a nice job. And I've, I've talked about my Honda element getting in a fight before. And whenever it has a broken part, like I had a broken seat belt, I need to order a seat belt and fix it. And different things broke on the car, just wear and tear over the years. Uh, and then I had a big rig back into me and I got too close to him and he backed up a roll back and just scrunched the front of the car and Allen's auto body made that car look better than I bought it. it so nice. And, uh, they're located at tea garden and Sutter street and they're right on the corner. It's a, it's a yellow, big yellow stripe going around it. You can, it stands out big canary yellow. I think Kevin over there, who's the painter loves yellow. He just, he had a, and oh, a classic El Camino. He had it all decked out in bright canary yellow. So pretty. So Allen's Auto Body at Tea Garden at Sutter Street in Yuba City, right between the two bridges, 530-671-1057. You can make an appointment there, or you could just drive in. They're working. They'll take a look at your problem. That's why I do. I just roll in there, 671-1057, and they will, they will do you right. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, I've, I've been wondering, we got a couple ladies, we voted to be new school board members at the Yuba City Unified School District. And I'm just wondering whether they're in over their heads, or are they going to stand up and, and stand up against all this nonsense of gender and uh, all this craziness that's going on over there? But we'll see. You know, you always think you know somebody in the community, you like them, maybe you hang out with them or played on a team with them or did work with them somehow and then all of a sudden they think oh yeah they're a nice person i'm gonna elect them to office i'm gonna vote for that person they get in there you think what in the world how come they're doing that right do you think have you ever met have you ever had that happen where you think people think like you do because they seem like nice people and you think like oh they probably think and have the same values i do and then you get in there and think whoa i didn't know that well i don't know whether you've been watching any of the um Senate hearings where they bring in Merrick Garland, who's the attorney general of the United States of America. He used to be a judge, <clears throat> I think, at the federal level. And actually, he was touted by the Obama administration to be on the Supreme Court. But the Republicans wouldn't go along with it. And I'd never heard of Merrick Garland. I thought he had an interesting name, but I uh, never heard of him. And boy, do I am I glad he didn't make it to the Supreme Court because they were asking him why, after Roe versus Wade was changed at the federal level by the Supreme Court, saying really the Supreme Court or the federal government shouldn't have anything to do with abortion. And if, if the states want to make individual laws uh, permitting or prohibiting abortion, that's up to them. That was basically what they said. Well, people got really mad at that, and so some people— uh, that were pro-abortion, they went out 
and they took their their anger out on a pregnancy resource clinics and damaged them by vandalism or threw bricks through the window or lit them on fire with uh, incendiary devices. And uh, But nobody got arrested. And all kinds of pro-lifers are being drug into a court by just simply praying or talking to women uh, out in front of uh, abortion clinics, right? And all these people are take, being taken to court and threatened with five to ten years of incarceration. But the damaging, like the local... Uh, a woman's friend on Live Oak Boulevard in Yuba City, they uh, have been uh, here, wow, seemed like about, I think since 1987 maybe. They have been in the community, serving the community free of charge with just donations, and, and a lot of their people are volunteers, helping women and men uh, that are involved uh, come to terms with raising their child and how to do that and, and work through all the decisions you have to make when you realize you're pregnant and you weren't planning on that. And, uh, so, but their uh, clinic, I think was vandalized twice. Windows were broken out, et cetera, et cetera. So they were, they were asking, I was watching them, the, uh, senators, or maybe they were Congress members. I can't remember which committee that was. They were questioning Merrick Garland on why, they aren't pursuing any cases against people that have damaged these pregnancy centers. And uh, he said, well, the problem is that a lot of times the crimes are done at night. So the, I mean, I, I was just shaking my head watching the, uh, the, the uh, clip on my computer. And I was looking at the uh, representatives, the Congress people, and wondering what in the world are they thinking that he's saying? Is that okay with them? That's saying, oh, well, what we need is criminals to commit daytime crimes. And then we're really good at that. But if you do a nighttime crime, we really, that isn't our strong suit. So finally, they arrested somebody. And you know that, that uh, the fam the, uh, uh, there's a family group that Gary Bauer used to run. I don't know whether he still runs it or not that has been keeping track of all the damage at different pregnancy centers, and they now up over 100 of them that have filed claims and damages and police reports, and they just can't find anybody that did anything until a Wisconsin man was arrested Tuesday in connection with an attack on uh, a pro-life organization's office, uh, just days after the leak, remember the leak from Justice Alito that they that they were talking about overturning Roe versus Wade, right? So they started acting up, putting pressure on the Supreme Court to not do that, that they were going to, like, bring hell. It's going to rain hell on you, right? So they identified a man named Sankar Roshoduri, Roshoduri. Uh, he's res they claimed he was responsible for a May 8th firebombing of last year, 2022, of the Wisconsin Family Action Office. Uh, and they tracked him down, interesting enough, on DNA. So there was they, they saw him eating a burrito. This is kind of interesting, if you like sleuthing. So I'm eating a burrito, and uh, they he tossed it into the trash, so they got it, and they took his DNA off it. And it matched DNA at the scene. So he was arrested at Boston Airport. 
and he's got to go to U.S. District Court in Boston. Now, uh, this guy had also been caught vandalizing before on another separate case. So in this case, he's, he's accused of using an incendiary device in violation of federal law in connection with the efforts to terrorize and intimidate a private organization, according to G Attorney General, Assistant Attorney General Matthew Olson. I commend the commitment and professionalism of law enforcement and, and the personnel who worked exhaustively to ensure that justice is served. Raucho Dury was identified earlier as a suspect for graffiti painting on Washington State Capitol grounds on January 21 protest, which read what he wrote was, we'll get revenge, according to court documents. Uh, so uh, we'll see what's going to happen to this guy. But I guess there's uh, that says at the end of this article in January, the Department of Justice indicated two suspects in vandalism that occurred at three Florida pro-life pregnancy centers. Uh, that happened right after the uh, Roe versus Wade situation as well. The indictments were the first known since the string of attacks on pro-life clinics, which the Family Research Council, that's what the name I was looking for, uh, they they recorded that uh, the incidents have reached over 100. Did you realize that there was a, a gunman a few years ago that actually walked into the Family Research Council and wanted to shoot it up, but I think they got him first. So it just goes to show you when, when they want to arrest somebody, you know, it's interesting. They just come out and arrest people all the time for things that were done years ago. And no one, no one thought it was a crime. And all of a sudden the FBI shows up and they want to do all kinds of business and, and take, take, take advantage of people. So, uh, all right. Um, let me mention a couple other people here that are, they're helping us, uh, Elite Universal Security, I've just, I have an article that's talking the state of California legislators cannot determine where or if people should be allowed, when, where, if people should be allowed to just camp out, poop, smoke crack, uh, do all kinds of wild things. They can't determine whether it should be legal or not. It used to be in the city of Marysville where I'm sitting right now that you could not sleep anywhere out in the open in the city you had to get a hotel room you had to go into a, a program like the rescue mission or uh, any kind of a, a place for a shelter uh, and you just couldn't sleep around and you couldn't you couldn't uh, defecate and urinate all over the place and 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 and, and. now they just ignore all those laws so and elite universal security is more needed than ever. And they, they are operating, uh, their headquarters in Yuba County, but they operate all over the counties of Northern California. That's Sacramento North all the way up to the Oregon border. So if you're looking for a job and you think, ah, oh, I need to earn some extra money, man, this inflation and all this, this new Biden administration is killing me financially. Maybe you want to work part-time. They will take you on. They'll train you and work you part-time. And uh, I'm going to give you a phone number in a minute. But also, if you need them to help you with security issues, and uh, I'm just going to tell you a situation. Uh, I'll, I'll start right now and just tell you that uh, people dumping garbage and dumping stuff on your property or damaging your property, cutting through your fences. And uh, 
or breaking windows or damaging uh, vehicles or stealing a copper off some of your pumps. We're, we're out in a farm area here, and, and those pumps are very, very expensive. So uh, they can help you and call them. At, you, they can also help you get a job, as I mentioned earlier, 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. That's Elite Universal Security. And um, also I wanted to mention Thrifty Rooter, who if you've got a problem with any of your sewage lines or your water lines, uh, give them a shout, and they will they will fix you. So you can reach them easily at a landline, 530-673-8201, 673-8201, or you could go to their website, which is a very informative website. I've looked at it many times, and it's thriftyrooter.net. It tells all the different uh, tasks or skills or uh, approaches they use, including running cameras down your line, including... Uh, clean, uh, pumping out your septic system. They do a lot of amazing things to get you back to where you need to be. So uh, you can go to their website at thriftyrooter.net and they will help get you squared away. So I want to mention we got about five minutes left and um, there's a there's an organization in town here. Every the, every local organization that does this probably has a different type of a name. This one's called Feather River air quality control <clears throat> or frac and uh, what they do is they they uh implement or hold people accountable for the air pollution rules uh on used to be we just if you had garbage you could burn outside or you had certain things uh, uh tree trimmings or orchard uh refuse you could burn right and there's all kind of things you can't burn. So there's things you can burn, things you can't burn. So agricultural trimmings you could burn. So uh, out at the church where I worked for many years, Church of Glad Tidings in Sutter County, we had an orchard and we had a lot of landscape trees. So we would have burn piles and you'd let them dry out. Then you would light them on fire and burn them up to get rid of them. And so there were all kinds of rules on how to do that, how long you had to let them stay and, and when you could burn. Not every day is a burn day. And so you had to watch which days are burn days. You had to have a permit. It's interesting, you know, to burn anything. You had to pay the government money, just like right now to get a job, to start a business. You have to pay the government a pay. You have to give them payola to start a business. You have to give them payola to light your um, your agricultural refuse on fire. And so uh, glad tidings. We had we were growing 18 acres of pomegranates. We had a lot of trimmings, and so we would have burn piles, and we would burn with a permit on the permitted day. We never we never cheated, and so one day, um, we ended up in a scrap with frac. They cited us for burning a few items that uh, just a few branches because it was a north wind day, and they cited us for the branches were too green. They weren't dried off enough. They weren't seasoned enough. So they told us, hey, pull those branches off. The, the 99% of the pile was old, an old pile. And they said, pull those off because they create too much smoke. We pulled it off. So that was the end of it. We thought it was the end of it. And then they sent us a $900 fine. Well, I refused to pay the fine. And so I wanted to appeal it. And they said, yeah, come in and you can appeal it. So when I went in, I was appealing it to the same person that gave me the fine. That's not an appeal, Right. So I said, well, I'm still not going to pay it. I want to appeal to somebody other than you, above you. 
and and uh, we went back and forth over a couple of years. They took my burn permit. I burned anyway because I couldn't farm without burning. So then they kept citing me over and over because they could see I burned. Well, they, they didn't catch me burning, but they could see that I'd burned something. So they cited me. And uh, so anyway, $900, and I just said, I ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to pay that, dude. And uh, this is back in the early 2000s, right out the, after the housing bubble popped, and we laid off half the staff at Glad Tidings. I said, hey, money's, money's tight. Anyway, so that goes by the wayside. So now what happened is I had helped clean up a uh, tip of the property where people, you know what, how people dump garbage out along the highway? They jump, dump couches and refrigerators and broken concrete and things that you have to go pick up and they aren't easy to pick up so as one area of our property the church property had been had been being used by illegal dumpers and so i was uh, asked to clean it up and so i worked on it with a number of volunteers we cleaned it all nice and up but we had a we cleaned it up real nice and so we had a burn pile that we are collecting trimmings, just like I was describing earlier, agricultural trimmings. You can't burn wood like lumber, chunks of lumber. You can't burn anything, you know, anything that caused a lot of extra smoke. So, but trimmings you could burn. So it was a big pile of trimmings. And one day I got a call and said, hey, Lou, are you burning out here at the church? And I said, no, I'm here at the house. And they said, well, the, the burn pile, this is early in the morning, 730 in the morning, 7 o'clock, something like that. The burn pile is on fire. And I said, don't know anything about it, dude. And so then it turns out that one of the workers uh, at the peach orchard that we lease out said, hey, a, a truck pulled in and threw a bunch of garbage and, pie, and pallets on that pile, and uh, they lit it on fire after they put the garbage in pallets. Well, you can't burn pallets, wood pallets. That's against the rules here in Sacramento Valley. So um, they uh, called the... We called the fire department. It was burning, so might as well just let it go. But we called the fire department, and they ran down, and they put it all out. And they got all mad at us. And one of the guys particularly had a bean up his nose about the church and said they were going to fine us, they being frack. So I'm out of time here for my third segment, so I'm going to come right back. I'll tell you the rest of the frack story. the Morrison government's campaign to sign away Australian sovereignty to the United Nations World Health Organization, the WHO. Despite the attempt failing, WHO's power grab is ongoing. WHO is not independent. Their owners are corporate donors who contribute most of the WHO budget. WHO's current sugar daddy is Bill Gates, who has made billions out of his investment in the same vaccines that WHO promotes. Gates bought the WHO and they now recommend his products. It is that simple. The head of the WHO is Tedros Ghebreyesus, previously health minister of a terrorist organisation called the Tigray People's Liberation Front, where he used international aid to buy power and punish his enemies. The regions of Ethiopia that Tedros starved for medical supplies suffered disastrous cholera epidemics in, 20, in 2006, 2009, 2011. Independent investigators found Tedros was, quote, 
fully complicit in the terrible suffering and dying that spread in East Africa. He's a killer. WHO is rotting from the head. Last week, Associated Press reported on the WHO sex crime scandal, where WHO staffers sexually exploited girls and women during the Congo's recent Ebola outbreak. Inhuman. At, at least 83 WHO staff engaged in abuse, including rape and forced abortions, with victims as young as 13. WHO refused to fire the perpetrators, using the absurd argument that their actions didn't violate WHO's sexual exploitation practice policies because the victims were not receiving WHO aid. The raping part is okay with Tedros. This is the person who heads an organisation that many in government and academia want to elevate above the Australian Parliament. One Nation rejects the UN WHO power grab and will defend Australian sovereignty. So should you all. Thank you, Senator Rob. Here, once again, are the words from Ashley Biden's diary. Quote, I have always been boy crazy, she wrote, hypersexualized at a young age. I remember somewhat being sexualized with a family member. I remember having sex with friends at a young age. Showers with my dad, probably not appropriate. So Ashley Biden wrote this in the context of her struggle with sexual compulsiveness in later life. And she attributes those compulsions to the fact that her father took showers with her in a way that was, quote, not appropriate. Now, we have no reason to doubt that what she wrote is true. She did not write this for public consumption. She wrote it in a diary that, as you just heard, she accidentally left behind in a halfway house in Palm Beach, Florida in June of 2020 during the presidential race. The woman who took the room that she left, a single mother, found that diary under the bed. Now, if you are the father of daughters, ask yourself, is there any explanation for that behavior that is justifiable? And there's not. It's sick and it's horrifying. Hello, hello, America. <laughs> you don't have to clap. But he's clapping. Okay. With the exploration of space having been defined in the 21st century, we know then what we know now, and what we know now is absolutely nothing. We also know, living in this century, we know that the definitions from the last centuries of where we stand and where we go have to be the same definition of opportunity. Yeah, opportunity. Well, it was defined in the 20th century, very good definition. Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, we had some good memories. Past becomes future, and future becomes present. And when you really think about that, I mean, when you really think about it, it, it makes sense when you actually rearrange the words. <laughs> here for uh, my friends at North Valley Paralegal. I was just texting. I had a guy call me today, a friend of mine that listens to the show for many years, has had some health problems, said, I need a, I need a uh, medical malpractice attorney. So I called my friend Nellie Garcia at North Valley Paralegal, 
and she gave me some tips. So I want to give you give her a shout out because she is a good paralegal and she will solve your legal problems cheaper, faster, nicer than the than your average attorney. And um, a lot of people think, oh, if you have a legal problem, you got to go talk to an attorney. Not so. Most of the time, paralegal can handle it just fine, and uh, you you can keep more of your money that way. So North Valley Paralegals at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, extension or uh, Suite 202A, and uh, that's right across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department in Yuba City. So 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, you can reach her on the phone at 530-751-9289, 751-9289. Also, I wanted to mention uh, if you have an addiction problem, Dr. Joe Cassidy and I are going to help you with that. And I got Dr. Cassidy involved because he's an expert at addiction, and he happens to still work in the area, even though he retired from working for the government at the jail. He works for the uh, Peachtree Health a few days a week. So he said, send the addicts over here and we will um, we will check them over, make sure we've addressed all their health issues. We've addressed all their health issues and then we will get them a place to go, get them off the street, get them on medication and get them uh, away from the stronghold of whatever addiction it is, whether it's tobacco or fentanyl or meth or cocaine or whatever it is. So uh, here's, I'm going to give you three numbers. The first one, we hope you can get it with this number, and that's called Peachtree Clinic at 530-749-3242. 749-3242, just ask for an appointment with Dr. Joe Cassidy. There's lots of doctors working out there, but you want Cassidy. And if they say why, why do you need, you know, what's your problem? Just say addiction. And uh, so get your appointment and then keep your appointment. If you have problems getting through, because they have all kinds of auto attendance, press this button, do this, do that, all this, what language you want to talk, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I'm going to give you Doc Cassidy's cell number. Don't call him. Don't text him in the middle of the night when you're tweaking. <coughs> call him, uh, text him, excuse me, one time during the day, and just uh, I'm going to give you the number right now, 530-682-8648, 682-8648. Just put your name, addiction, name, then the word addiction, and then your phone number, he will call you. If you're anxious and you don't think he's responding fast enough, he does see patients all day, then call me. And you can do that seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Call or text. Doesn't make any difference to me. 530-713-1838. 713-1838. We want to help you get off whatever you're on, get your life back, get your family back with you, and get you back in the workforce having a happy experience. So, uh that's that. Okay, so I'm talking about Feather River air quality. And uh, so the fire department, I used to be chaplain for Yuba City Fire, and I was very familiar with this. We'd get a burn, something's on fire. They'd go out there and somebody's got a burn barrel or somebody's got a pile on fire or it's got tires in it and burning black smoke. You know, people don't know the rules or they're just ignoring the rules. And so the fire department goes out there and sometimes they'll, they'll – uh, they don't have the ability to write a citation so much. They call in frack feather River air quality. So feather River air quality. Uh, I thought the deal with the fire department, the guy threatened us, had a bad day. He was being, he was not a good PR person for live Oak fire department. And I was like live Oak fire. I always called them. And whenever we had a fire, whenever I was going to have a burn day, 
I'd check with the burn people. I'd leave my, my message at the burn place. Hey, I'm going to burn. It's a burn day. Everything's good. I'm going to be out here. Then I'd call the fire department to let them know, hey, if anybody calls, it's just a burn pile. It, it isn't a house on fire, right? Take it easy just to give them a heads up. So we always did that. So when the fire was burning, uh, the when some uh, ne'er-do-wells backed into our property, in other words, if somebody came into your property and lit your house on fire and you called the fire department, do you think they'd send you a bill? Not normally. You'd say, wait a minute, I didn't start the fire. Somebody torched our house. Arson, they call it arson. But now if it's glad tidings and somebody backs into our property to dump garbage and they dump it on our burn pile and then light the burn pile on fire on the wrong day because it wasn't a burn day then the fire so we called the fire department just said hey there's a fire down here we don't mind it it's just it's just burning we didn't light it on fire but if you want to come down it's up to you we just want to let you know that's what it is so they came down and threw a fit and uh, they didn't cuss us out like uh, the uh, the uh, mckelly supervisor mckelly did when he was drunk and came down didn't like anything uh, they came down and had, but they had a bean up their nose about something. And they said, we're going to, we're going to fine you guys. We said, really for somebody that comes and damaged our property, they vandalized our property and you're going to, we got to pay for that. Right? So sure enough, I just got to notice that we had a meeting today at two o'clock, uh, where Paul Bryan had to go, uh, over there and meet and appeal. I've been through this appeal myself. Now he's got to appeal. He didn't tell, tell us how much the fine was. They have assessed a fine because somebody came on our property, damaged our property, dumped on our property and lit it on fire. And that's our fault. <laughs> I thought you guys are, you guys up there live. Oh, fire are taking LSD. We need to do a drug test on you boys because you're not thinking right. You're blaming the victims. You're finding the victims. Somebody gets raped and you find the woman that gets raped. What, she have too short a skirt on, boys? You find the woman? Somebody gets shot and, and some innocent person gets shot in a drive-by and you, you somehow file charges against the victim. So people in Sutter County are getting confused. Who is for who? Who's the government really working for? The police, the sheriff can, there's not enough sheriff to keep the lawless characters under control. So we have people dumping loads of broken concrete on their property. That should be a fine, but they don't ever figure out who did it. The only time the Sutter County Sheriff has ever solved any, all they do is come out and say, yep, somebody broke into your building. Sorry about that. File a report. Never, they never catch anybody. I mean, I'm talking about our cases. Our building has probably been broken into 50 times, our warehouse. We probably had 50 different loads of concrete and crap dumped on our property. We didn't a a call Say Love to come and clean up our own mess. We cleaned it up ourselves. Paid to have it hauled off in big rigs. Never asked the county to, to cover it because they couldn't manage the lawlessness in Sutter County. Now they're going to add insult to injury, as the saying goes, add insult to injury by having somebody, uh, by fining the, the homeowner, fining the landowner, 
for somebody dumping garbage in a couch or something on there. That's our fault. I, I never heard anything so crazy in my entire life. I, it's just a good thing. I wasn't down there. This thing could have got out of hand. We had some of our nicest people down there dealing with those people that day. I definitely am not one of the nicer people you want to deal with out there at that church. <laughs> it's crazy what they did. They should be apologizing that they can't keep people off our property. They're running wild on that property. Uh, one thing I can assure you is that nobody on that church is going to pay that fine, whatever that fine is. I don't care. I don't care whether you got the best attorney in the world. Nobody's going to pay that fine. You guys have lost your Evan Riggin mind. Crazy. It's, it's it totally our our country people has lost their ability. They, they've lost their conscience. They've lost their morality. They've lost their ethics, and they can't tell the truth. People cannot tell the truth in this country anymore. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So did you know that the uh you you've been watching this uh this Nashville thing where they uh the person went in the transgendered person i always forget was it a boy or a girl i think it's a started out as a girl then wanted to be a boy went in shot up and killed six people right in that nashville school i, I watched on the uh, the camera on the, uh, the the some friends of mine sent me the camera shots of them going through the school i thought man that's one beautiful school one very nice big school, beautiful school, and it showed them shooting the uh, the shooter, the the uh, perpetrator, and uh, so sadly, uh, adults and children were murdered. And of course, we've had that happen here in Yuba Sutter Counties. We had one of the first school shootings. Oh, man, it seemed like it was in the late '80s with Eric Houston. He was a former student at Lenhurst High School, and he came in and shot and killed his uh, a teacher and some students and injured a bunch of students and uh, terrorized hundreds, held them hostage for a while, and ended up being taken alive, and they have him in prison. So we're familiar with what that does to a community. But the interesting thing is, you remember this Katie Hobbs lady? Uh, Katie Hobbs is the gal that stole the election down in Arizona. Sorry, sorry, it isn't. Is it Katie Hobbs? No, I, no, I can't can't remember. Anyway, it's the it's the Arizona governor that that actually ended up being governor. And I'm I saying the wrong person. Anyway, the current governor of Arizona. She her public relations lady just started talking trash, tweeting out trash, saying that uh, it was a good thing that uh, homophobes were shot. I thought, oh, interesting. You couldn't keep your mouth shut down there. And and uh, so since it maybe was a uh, Christian school, and so they immediately decided they were all homophobes, right? So uh, yeah, it's Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs is the current... Uh, governor who cheated to get in her press secretary 
sent out a tr- tweet about we need to kill homo, homo, transphobes, not homophobes, transphobes. Katie Hobbs is a nutcase herself, but uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the gal's name. Uh, I don't know, maybe I don't have her name, but she, what she tweeted was just something. You know something? Tweets are too easy to tweet. You, you got what I'm saying? It's so easy to type out something on Facebook or tweet something and you think, ah, I shouldn't have pressed go on that. I shouldn't have pressed go. So her press secretary's name is Jocelyn Berry. And uh, she said she she fired off a tweet and, and the text said us, U.S., and she she sent a picture of a gal from a movie that she had guns in her hands and she was shooting people. This tweet had a photo, and then it said "us" when we see transphobes. So in other words, she was saying that gal in the movie, the photo of the gal with guns in both her hands, handguns. That's just like what we should be. That's like liberals when we see transphobes. Well, she's saying that the, all the schools, since it's a Christian school, are transphobes. And uh, so she there was a picture, an image of the actress Gina Rollins in the 1980 crime thriller Gloria with her hands on the triggers of two guns. Well, she was this is the Katie Hobbs public relations gal, Jocelyn Berry. And she tweeted this photo of this gal with guns. Again, these are liberal people, and it says this is a photo of us when we see transphobes. In other words, she would consider me a transphobe. In other words, phobia. I'm I'm afraid or I'm fearful or I'm nervous. I get sweaty palms and underarms when I'm in the presence of a transphobe. (laughs) And so now they got such a backlash that Jocelyn Berry has resigned. Thank you, Jesus, and uh, wish her well. Hope she uh, tweets a little more uh, with, is more circumspect in her tweeting, Jocelyn and Barry, instead of saying, oh, yeah, we love to shoot transphobes. That'd be me, or that's a good thing. In other words, the gal who became a guy, wished she was a guy, and got confused and frustrated. She actually had gone to this school and went went on to become a an art major and graduated from college, but she her head was goofed up. And so she went back into the school and 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 you know the interesting thing is that the FBI is and they're supposed to be watching everything. This gal had posted all kinds of manifestos and it's always interesting to me how the FBI is not catching on to these people that are doing these mass killings, but they will catch on to a parent uh, concerned about pornography being taught in the public schools, and they will call that person a domestic terrorist. Or it seems like Chris Ray is always at these, always caught up in some political thing. You'd think that Chris would just get back down to busting the bad guys and and solving crime and stopping crime instead of just going around and trying to figure out whether they got enough women hired as FBI agents or that they're all gender, you know, they're all gender. They're, we're using this right pronouns and they're all, uh, 
you know, we got the right appropriation of blacks and tall people and fat people and skinny people and uh, perverted people and midgets and all the kinds of people that you uh, wonder about that if we got to have one or two of all of them, right? It's kind of like when they did Noah's Ark, they had two of each species. So maybe we need midgets, those little two, two three feet old, high people. And we need perverts. We need some pedophiles in there because we're pushing pedophiles big time nowadays, promoting pedophiles. But uh, anyway, I'm sure that this uh, lady, Jocelyn Berry, is going to get hired really quick because she is a uh, she's she's standing up strong uh, against transphobes. If you if you don't think that transsexual uh, behavior is right. Or you don't think transsexuals, uh, if you don't think transsexuals are normal, then you're transphobic. In other words, even though you don't have any fear about them, even though you, they don't freak you out, just you having an opinion that's different from what's accepted puts you in the transphobe column where Jocelyn Berry wants you to shoot, get shot. Like, let's just throw down on them and go after these Christians. So anyway, this this young girl was graduated from this school, this Christian school down there in Nashville, Tennessee, <clears throat> and uh, it's pretty gnarly. Uh, you know, it, it. I just watched a video of a pastor and his wife. It's just a pastor talking, a guy named Scruggs, and it was talking about when he came to the Nashville area to pastor a Presbyterian church and how excited he was, and he was optimistic, and he was... He was very friendly and nice, and he was just talking about it, and, and he described each of his three children, and his littlest child, youngest child, was this young girl, and it turned out that his girl was the one who tried to pull the fire alarm to alert authorities that there was trouble, and the gun, uh, the gun lady, I'm going to call her a lady, she shot this young little girl, just the sweetest little thing, and killed her, and... Uh, so I got to see Mr. Scruggs at a very happy time in his life, Pastor Scruggs, and uh, excited about his children and described his children and how he wanted to serve the church. And then now, then I got to see his, and I didn't see his daughter be shot, but I got to see the shooter shooting, and, uh, and then the shooter was killed. And I thought, then there's pictures of that cute little girl, uh, that was a little hero is what she was. But at the t same time, we got people like Chris Ray, and he's just all caught up into politics. And uh, so they're very concerned ab about uh, what's going on in the FBI, that they hire enough of each flavor of person and, and that they call them the right name, whatever, if they want to be a giraffe or a zebra or a gorilla, we need to like call them their animal names and call them him or her, or even though it's a, if, if, if we don't, you know, if they want to change it up today, they want to be a him and tomorrow they want to be a her. Anyway, that's the story. We're going to take a break and we got two more segments to go. She musters a smile. 
Weekly here. When I used to be on the show, I would always be calling out security all the time. Like, security. You know what I'm saying? So I started thinking to myself, I said, Sam, I think you should start a security company. So I did. Have you ever heard of Homeland Security? Well, this homegirl security, me. That's right. Okay, like for example, okay, let's say you on the phone and somebody interrupt you. Like even if you on hold, bro, they need to go. If you holding the door open for somebody and they didn't say thank you, what? Bro, need to go. Oh, the worst one. Okay, let's say you driving, right? Okay, and then somebody get in your lane, but you had it said to them, okay, girl, go ahead, go ahead. Like, if you didn't give them the go ahead, girl, mm-mm, no. Call me, I will track them down, and I will cut them. So if you ever feel disrespected in any way, and you need some protection, then look in my direction. Call on quickly for homegirl security. Welcome back. Time for the Hot Topic Buzz. So President Biden's pick to lead the Federal Aviation Administration, Phil Washington, withdrew his nomination after a slew of criticism about his lack of aviation experience. Here are just some of his answers from his Senate confirmation hearing. Watch this. Uh, not sure I can answer that question right now. Uh, sorry, Senator, I cannot answer that question. Well, thank you for the question, Senator. I'm not a pilot. Can you tell me what causes an aircraft to spin or to stall? Uh, again, Senator, I'm not a pilot. I, I don't want to guess on that, Senator. Important you know the three types, uh, Mr. Washington? The, the three no. types? <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Maria, beyond <laughs> this, um, he's under all sorts of criminal investigation. Uh, for corruption dating back to his times in L.A. And I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. But, you know, who's, who's putting forward uh, these people in the Biden administration? And thank goodness he didn't actually make it through. I mean, we can all see what, what Pete Buttigieg's uh, experiences with transportation and how good a job he's done. Well, that's right. Buttigieg had no experience either, Lee. Why do we keep having candidates who have no experience in the business? I mean, I think it's a lot of deal brokering that's happening behind the scenes. And I think that's why the American people have so little trust in the federal government to do the right thing by them. It's not the right people in the right places and the right jobs. You know, and both parties have criticism about this kind of thing happening. It just it needs to stop. We need experts in the right fields. If we've learned nothing from COVID, let's get the right people in place to take care of us. That's what the government is for. When you look at yeah. I mean, I think it's a really valid point when you look at at Mayor Pete, uh, now being in charge of Department of Transportation, look at what he's done recently. I, I, I think Americans are just tired of having ineffective leadership. It's all politics all the time. Just put buddies and friends and people who check boxes in roles even though they have no experience. I mean, the, the deal brokering that must be happening behind the scenes, I think, is pretty severe. At least that's the perception of the American people. I am a mega Republican. And as a mega Republican, I want to make America great again. Sleepy Joe says we are the greatest threat to the democracy and to the republic that we know and love. But the only threat to our beautiful country is the sleepy, senile, creepy old fool who can't put on his jacket, can't control his bowel movements, can't walk up the stairs and can't ride a bike. We want to make America great again while the radical left wing nut jobs want to tear apart our country. 
fiber by fiber, rip it apart at the seams, and wash away and wipe away the greatest country the world has ever seen. We are all MAGA Republicans, and together we will make America great again. We're not just MAGA, we're ultra-MAGA, and we're going to take back our country, and it starts today, believe me. There is a 75% chance that the entire North Polar Ice Cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within the next five to seven years. You have sea ice, which is melting at a rate that the Arctic Ocean now increasingly is exposed. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. Segment number five, and I want to give a shout out to Greenitz Construction. Uh, one of the green, we've had a number of Greenitz employees over here r- lately because my house has had a lot of problems, and we need to do some repairs over here. And Dave had his guy in and out of here, and they're like putting this house. They took it apart, and they're putting it back together. And one of these days, we'll I'll be all. I won't, I'll just forget all about it because we're all back to normal. So if you need, uh, I, I want you to go to one of these two platforms and check out if you've ever thought of putting in a new kitchen or new bath. Man, it's just a nice thing when you redo part of your house, isn't it? Just like all fresh and paint's nice and maybe you got new curtains and new furniture and glasses nice and clean. Just all fresh and new. It just, it make, it brightens up everything. So if you need a new kitchen, man, the kitchens can get worn out, right? Just wear and tear every day you're in there all day cook 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 clean up clean up clean up spill 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 or bathrooms they just lots of moisture and and pretty soon you just need to knock them all out and put them in new again so that's their specialty and uh so i'm gonna give you two platforms greenets which is which is the color green with etz on the end greenetsconstruction.com you can go there and see all their work photos you don't even have to talk anybody you don't have to make a commitment you can just be a uh, remodeled tire kicker greenest construction or you can go to uh dave greenest construction facebook page so you can go to the facebook page or you can go to greenestconstruction.com website and check it out and be do it on the low so you don't have to have you know it's kind of like going on a, a, a car lot and you want to just go out and browse around and you don't want to have any salespeople uh bugging you right putting pressure on you so no pressure just go check it out if you like what you see you can give them a text you can give them a call you can give them a lot of things from the platforms you're at or you could dial them up old school at 530-682-9602 682-9602 what i uh so you could text or call that number so 
so I've been able to see Dave's guys work inside, and I thought, oh, man, they're going to be a mess. I had to tear a whole wall out, get into some plumbing, put the wall back together, and they put stuff down on the floor. They actually had an exhaust system where they sucked all the dirt, you know, in the air, how stuff gets in the air. They sucked it out, blew it right outside. It was just like, it was just tidy, all tidy and everything, kept everything clean, tidy. And so if you want the guys to do it right and, and end up with a beautiful outcome, then you need to check out Greenitz Construction. Also, I wanted to mention um, the plumbing doctor, my friend Ted Holmes, who I've known for almost 100 years. And uh, Ted just got back from a road trip helping everybody in the world, hit three different states, all the people he knows down there, relatives and in-laws and outlaws. And so he's helping them out, and uh, now he's back. But in the meantime, I had his plumbing outfit over here, and we've been checking out a problem to solve. And uh, so uh, the plumbing doctor serves Yuba and Sutter counties, and you can reach them very easy. They do all kinds of things, like they just they help cut into my wall and check things out. And uh, they also, you know, they have do these trenchless. Uh, water lines, septic lines, or whatever, trenchless. They go underground without digging up all the land. And uh, they got all kinds of tricks of the trade, cameras, the whole thing. And they can remodel even part of your house if they you need. You got to say, oh, I can't do this. I got to run this piping somewhere else. They can do all that. But you can reach them night or day at 530-671-9111, 671-9111. And that is the plumbing doctor, and they will... They will meet your needs and make you happy. It's always happy when everything works. Don't you agree? You flip on the switch and the bulb works. You turn the stove on and it fires up so you can cook some food. Uh, you know, you start, you turn the key on the car and it actually starts. Those are all good feelings, right? We take them for granted because almost all the time they do work. But then when they don't, like, ooh. Seems like it always happens at the at the uh, at the wrong time. So I don't know whether you've been noticing that the uh, more and more the people with agendas like the Black Lives Matter and Antifa and and uh, all these people have been using the sports teams. Where you remember when you used to just enjoy sports and the competition? It didn't matter whether you're a communist or a liberal or a conservative or a Nazi. You could all enjoy the basketball game or the hockey game or whatever, and you didn't have to get into a big knockdown, drag-out stabbing over over uh, politics. But now uh, the liberals have uh, are using everything they can, to, and including the kitchen sink, as someone said, to get their way on their agenda. They just can't leave the—they just can't believe in whatever they want to believe. Like in America, you can believe whatever you want to believe, right? But some people want to inflict their beliefs on everybody else. So, so it's worked its way through the, the basketball uh, situation and baseball and people wearing little colors and stickers and, and uh, all kinds of stuff on their clothes or special T-shirts or headbands or something, something, right? So when they got down to hockey, there's been a little resistance, and uh, recently the big push has been the, uh, I call it the alphabet Nazis, and the alphabet Nazis are the uh, the LBGTXYMOZ people, 
except now they just got a plus at the end because we need to be able to add in sex with animals and sex with dolls and uh, all, all kinds of perverted stuff, right? So uh, so anyway, uh, we're having some now we're having people standing up and it's now it's a big complicated deal. Like we've had people leave the NBA or get kicked out of the NBA because they don't believe in China that China should be harvesting organs off live prisoners or they don't believe in Chi- that China should be incarcerating the Falun Gong religious group or they don't believe that the Chinese should be killing all the Uyghur people. But the Chinese actually own the NBA now. And so now the Chinese, if they don't like what's going down in the NBA, they they cut off the money to the NBA, right? And then people like BLM, they got all these black players. Like, did you notice that the that the NBA does not have a fair number of white people and Mexican and Chinese people playing in it? It they seem to all want blacks. And you might say, well, they got the blacks are the biggest people, and the blacks are the they can jump better. Or the blacks are better players. Really? Well, I thought it was all about being equal and equity. But the NBA is not full of equity. Because I couldn't jump. And I couldn't play that good of basketball. But I'd like to have played in the NBA. But they wouldn't allow me to come. That's not equity. It seems like when it comes to what the liberals want to decide, then they don't believe in equity. They just think, oh, we need to hire the best players. Because we want to make it to the uh, NBA Finals or the NFL Finals or the MLB Finals or the whatever Finals, right? Certain areas of life, it's just competition. Then in other areas of life, it's just like, hey, we don't care whether the guy the guy gets to be on the team, whether he can make a free throw or not. So now we've gone from BLM pushing that, oh, we need to take a kneel, we all kneel, right? It's not kneeling in honor. It's kneeling in dishonor to the American flag and the military and the law enforcement. This is a lousy country, even though I'm getting paid $100 million for three years. This is a lousy country, and my name is all over everywhere, and I'm on TV, and I'm this and that, and I'm a black person, but I've been prejudiced against I've been, I've been, people are unkind to me, say nasty things to me. And it's all because I'm black. So we've had all these, like, they actually put on, and and you know something? I wonder if they ever say, I'm sorry, because the BLM was a total scam where people made millions of dollars and went off and bought big, uh, big resorts and stuff, big fancy houses. And they didn't help black people i guess maybe not many people black people were were in destitute shape so anyhow we got a situation going on with uh the hockey where some of the guys on the hockey team aren't going to wear uh the alphabet nazi jerseys or t-shirts at the start of the game So these guys are talking about here. Can it, this sports column? What can anybody stop the Boston Bruins on ice? But off the ice, the primary question has become: Are you paying attention, wokesters and alphabet mafia? 
I call them the alphabet Nazis, mafia-like. The alphabet Nazi mafia. First, there was a Philadelphia Flyers defenseman, Ivan Provorov. Well, they're probably not going to fuss with the Russian. He's liable to knock your teeth out if he's a hockey defenseman. So Ivan Provorov refused to appear in a pregame warm-up on his team's Pride Night. Oh, we got a Pride Night. Do you ever men- remember Jesus Night? <laughs> right? Or white people night? White is right. How about a white is right night? Or white history month? How about white history month? So on pride night, he wouldn't wear the accompanying rainbow festooned jersey. Next, then Provorov. Oh, they got all worked up. Oh, well, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? (laughs) Right? Just like frack. What are we going to do about the glad tidings? Somebody lit a fire, and it's all their fault. Now the San Jose Sharks goalie, James Reimer, did the same thing as Provorov, and he cited his faith as a reason. He says, uh, says, under the umbrella of the NHL's Hockey is for Everyone initiative, the San Jose Sharks have chosen to wear jerseys in support of the LGBTQIA plus community tonight. So he says, for all 13 years of my NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I chose to live my life on a daily basis. I have a personal faith in Jesus who died on the cross for my sins. And in response, asked me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anybody. And I have always strived to treat everyone as I encounter with respect and kindness. In this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. I strongly believe that every person has value and worth, and the LGBTQIA plus community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey. In other words, you want to come to the game? Not going to question your credentials. Both Provorov and Reimer were pilloried in the press for staying true to their beliefs. Both saw the public rate. You know what? You know, this is what I love. They were just hounded and they just trashed them in the press. And you know what happened? You know, the, the ranking of stars, I'm talking about athletic stars, the, the higher ranked stars sell more jerseys, Right. The Curry jersey, Steph Curry from the Warriors, is sold all over the world. Chinese are running around with Steph Curry jerseys on it over in Beijing. You know who's been selling the most jerseys, the best-selling jerseys for the hockey NHL? Povarov and Reimer. Why? Because people stand up for people that aren't stupid. Nobody wants a, a, a jersey for a stupid idiot, which are the rest of the team who just went along with stuff they don't even believe in. Nobody would want their kid to be a LGBTQIA plus community. You don't know what the crap they're doing. They're totally screwed up in the head. You might still love your kid, but you think that kid is screwed up. Anybody believe that Hunter Biden is a, is a level-headed kid that you'd like to have as a son? Nobody wants Hunter Biden as a son. Do you think his dad loves him, Joe Biden? I imagine he does. But if he had it to do all over again, he probably thought he'd be great if he had just maintained. 
So now the story has continued with the hockey people. On March 23rd, the Chicago Blackhawks had a pride night. Everybody's got to have a pride night. Why? We're liars. We're going to take pride in something nobody would want to embrace. Craziness, sexual craziness. People are, you know, the the American Psychiatric Association has listed all these type of things as mentally ill. Hold on to that thought. But we don't really want to go by academics anymore. We're just going to go by what our feelings are. Oh, you know, we just need to love everybody. Yeah, love everybody. Fine. I got you. I, I rode on the plane. I can't remember where I was going to, whether I was going to Asia or coming back. Sat right next to a, <coughs> a trans. <coughs> it was a guy dressed like a girl. Rode all the way. I didn't. I wasn't nervous. Had a c- couple short conversations with him. We... We got up and got down, went take a pee a couple times, had to get up and let everybody get by. Uh, you know, we worked it out. We, we did life together for about 14 hours or whatever on the plane. I didn't like question him of why he ended up looking the way he looked. Ain't, I stayed in my lane. He stayed in his lane. So now we got to have a pride night because anybody that wants, I'm waiting for the pride night. We want to screw the sheep. Let's have a screw the sheep pride night. Screw the goat. Screw the dog. You know, bestiality. You got that? Like, let's have a pride night for that. And wear, wear we'll have a shirt with the butthole of a sheep on it. You just have right, right on a shirt like pride night, right? It's like uh, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash said, if, you, if you're not with the one you, you're, if you're not with the one you love, love the one you're with. If it's a sheep, if it's a goat, if it's a monkey, Go for it. The Chicago Blackhawks had a pride night, but decided against wearing special warm-up jerseys for the stated reason of protecting the team's Russian-born players. Oh, well, that's interesting. What's up with the Russians? Also on March 23, it's interesting. The Russians that you don't think are so religious, right? They're all Russian Orthodox over there. A lot of them are. But a lot of them just thought, we're not going to put up with that crap, whether they're Christian or not, or Muslim or not. They said they're going to protect the teens, Russian. What's up with the Russian players? It's that they spoke up and said, shove that stuff, shove that jersey up your rear end. How about that, partner? Also on March 23, Florida Panthers teammates and real-life brothers Mark and Eric Stahl, S-T-A-A-L, opted out of wearing their team's Pride Night jerseys. God bless them. You don't have to do this just because you're on a team. Oh, we want to, we all, all, we're all going to get together. I know you're not into screwing sheep. You're into having a wife or you're into, you're a guy and you want to sleep with a guy, but we're going to all screw sheep after the deal just to show identity with bestiality. We identify, have a Pride Night, animal sex Pride Night. After many thoughts, prayers, and discussions. I don't even know why these Christians go through all this song and dance. After many thoughts, prayers, and discussions. Just throw down, dude. What's wrong with just throwing a punch? After many thoughts, prayers, and discussions, we have chosen not to wear a pride jersey tonight, the Stahl brothers said. 
We carry no judgment on how people choose to live their lives. Oh, my God. We got we got to clean this all up. We got to, like, give a little gift to all the homosexuals and believe that all people should be welcome in all aspects of the game. How come we got to say that? Can't we just, like, be okay with that? But you know who who we got to we got to confess? We got to bow at the altar of homosexuality, transsexuality, stupidality, right? Having said that, they said, we feel that by us wearing a pride jersey goes against our Christian beliefs. Jesus could have cried. We hope you can respect this statement. We will not be speaking any further on this matter. I don't know why you don't speak about it every game. Do it. Do an interview. Say, hey, we're Christians. We don't do that. Just like I told the guys pray. The guy sent, sent me a text today. He said, hey, we're going to meet with frack. I pray that we can sort out this deal. I thought, screw it. Just tell them we're not going to pay the damn thing. Why are we even going to negotiate? Just tell them to shove the shove the, the citation up their bad ass. Who cares? Why are we going in and being all nice? You want to pray? Pray with the, the frack guys. See if they're going to come to Jesus. Then we pay the fine. I thought, screw the fine. We're not going to pay the fine. You guys are nutso. You're the ones in the wrong. Go get, go make... Take a collection at the fire department to, if they somebody needs to pay the fine. We're not going to pay any fine. We didn't do anything wrong. Crazy. I'm sick of this stuff, and unless and I, I'm sick of Christian people making excuses. Just say, "Ain't going to wear that jersey." I don't care what you think. I am or I am not. I don't have to apologize. I don't have to t- convince you that I love a homosexual or a transsexual or a dog sexual. Or a or a sheep sheep screwer, I don't have to I don't have to convince you of that. Go about your life, do your thing. I don't care. Shoot heroin. That's why I tell kids in juvenile hall, hey, it's a free country. Shoot yourself in the head. Shoot hoops or shoot heroin. I don't care. Do it. Throw down. I tell them kids in their church. I said, quit playing around. Go out and do dope and get it out of your system and see if you can survive and then figure out what life's all about. You don't need to pay attention to what I tell you. Do your own thing, baby. Throw down. Be a man. Don't make excuses. I'm not going to make any excuses for you. We'll be right back. Follow this, uh, you know, old boys network of, like you said, these weird systems and protocols where, again, there's no liability for the vaccines. And then the insurance process around your medical all forces you to do all of these things that just aren't in your medical interests. And you don't have that free choice. So the system is locked in and it will just continue to repeat uh, for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years unless we find some way to, to break this cycle. Well, and I see even worse. If, if those mandates that they're going to apply, if we never go back to normal um, life, um, I, I, as I said, I see 50 million people dying um, in, in the next year. So not only will it never go back, um, but we'll never know humanity um, as, as healthy and as we knew it again. It's really a fight for, for our survival as a species. Um, and again, the data support it. 
Why, why would Gates and Fauci be willing to live with 50 million American deaths? Why were they willing to live with the, uh, uh, all, all they killed from um, HIV, the Ebola, 21,000 Liberians in the Ebola outbreak of uh, 2014, you know, uh, you know, Zika, H1N1, why were they willing to live with the injury and the deaths that they caused in the, the last 40 years of pandemics? Uh, I, don't, I can't even comprehend that. Is there something darker here, like, you know, on, on, on someone's agenda, like, population control and eugenics or, you know, is there some other strange ideology or motivation behind this? Because they can't necessarily, they can't be thinking they're doing good if they're going to look at potentially 50 million deaths in America. Yeah, they, I mean, I, I don't know about other, uh, you know, I'm not much on conspiracies or, you know, eugenics or any of this, but as I, as I said in both books, this is just pure evil. These are just pure evil people, um, you know, who've made a lot of mistakes in the past and instead of doing the right thing and, and, and owning up to those mistakes, they're just going to bury them. You know, I, when you talk about federalism, it means empowering the individual. We just empowered parents to have a say in their kids' education against the infrastructure of a Biden administration that won't allow that to happen. That's exactly what the Republicans stand for. So if you watch, the real concern here is how extreme this liberal Democratic Party has come. Think for one moment. This is not Cal Berkeley, but 100 Democrats here could not denounce socialism. Can you believe that in America? They're elected to U.S. Congress. Every single Democrat here would not allow parents to have a say in their kids' education. Do not want to allow, if something violent happens on your kids' campus, to warn you about it. They don't want to give you what the curriculum. They don't want you to know what books are being read. We're not telling what could be read or not, but not even allowing you to see it. They don't want you to protect it to even go to a school board meeting. They think it's okay that the DOJ calls you a terrorist if you're a parent. How extreme the Socialist Democratic Party has become is scary to me. And so I'm just excited about how thankful we just were able to accomplish. We kept our promise, we kept our commitment to the American people that a parent's bill of rights just passed the floor of the House and we're gonna to continue to do more, make our streets safer, secure our borders, and make sure our economy becomes stronger. Thank you. Signed in 1787, the U.S. Constitution states that no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. In 1791, to help pay for the revolution, Congress established the first National Bank of the United States. Within a decade, it became evident that taxes were being sent to the crown and the bank was not renewed. A political battle ensued, which resulted in the formation of America's first two political parties, the Federalists and the Democratic Republicans. The framers of the U.S. Constitution left out any mention of political parties because they saw them as corrupt relics of the British crown's divide and conquer system. The second central bank was chartered in 1816 and shut down in 1832 by Andrew Jackson, who wrote that the bank was unauthorized by the Constitution, subversive to the rights of states, and dangerous to the liberties of the people. For nearly a century, America thrived without a central bank. Until 1914, 
when the privately owned Federal Reserve banking system was quietly given power over America's wealth. In 1933, the U.S. government declared bankruptcy and the Fed shifted to a debt-based economy. And after the U.S. dollar was made the world reserve currency, the entire world became dependent upon debt. A currency backed by nothing but debt and IOUs was doomed to eventually fail from the start. And that day appears to be coming soon. These big banks have funded wars and criminally profited off human suffering for decades. Credit Suisse alone has been fined over 50 times for over $10 billion for money laundering, fraud, espionage, drug trafficking, and stealing money from the people. Every person in the civilized world is now feeling the same financial pressure being subjected by the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank. Nations of the world are buying up record amounts of gold. Three quarters of the world have joined BRICS to prepare for a new world reserve currency after the end of the U.S. dollar. Zimbabwe and Mexico are now joining BRICS. But it's important to remember that the Federal Reserve Bank is operated by BlackRock. BlackRock is operated by the Rothschild City of London banking cartel. And so even if the Fed collapses, BRICS is most likely another proxy of this old banking cartel. The idea for BRICS was born in 2001 from Goldman Sachs. The Federal Reserve Bank's digital currency, FedCoin, is already hugely unpopular. CBDCs are being rejected upon arrival. But that isn't stopping the federal government and the failing big banks from luring the population into their new nightmare system. This July, the Federal Reserve Bank will be launching FedNow and managing practically every transaction made in the United States. Then all they have to do is what the Nigerian Central Bank just did, shred and destroy mountains of cash and stop filling the ATMs. But we're not slaves yet. And if we want to have financial freedom, then it's time to fight back against the CBDC concept and return to lawful constitutional money. Oklahoma has a law in the works that will protect Oklahomans from being forced to adopt a CBDC. And Florida is now working on a law that will expressly prohibit the use of a CBDC. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, is calling on other state governors to do the same and fight back against CBDC nationwide. At least a dozen states have passed laws to begin accepting gold and silver as cash, on the path to returning to a lawful constitutional money system. Several states have begun printing their own gold backs, a currency shaped like notes made of thin layers of pure gold with a polymer coating, making it easy to spend a dollar's worth of gold. And the free market has been busy figuring out blockchain banking since the Bitcoin white paper. We don't need a central bank or a government to manage our money, but we have to act now and prepare. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
So many uh, catalytic converters being stolen, right? And uh, so it's gotten so bad that if you have one of these hybrid cars like the Prius and those type, Teslas, you may have to wait up to a year to get a, a catalytic converter because they don't have enough of them in stock. Have you ever thought about when you go to the auto parts store, well, no matter what car you're driving, you just go in and say, hey, I got a Honda Element, I got a, I got a Toyota this, I got that, I got a Chevy this, I got a Ford this, and I need this, I need, you know, I need a brakes, I need axle, I need this, I need this part, you know, a carburetor, whatever. And they just go around and they get one or they, they have it tomorrow, right? It's just like, where do they all come from? How do they keep up with all this? It's kind of a miracle. Well, now we finally realize that uh, things can get screwed up. And when you have lawlessness and they're stealing these catalytic converters, uh, one of the ways to get out of this problem is to eliminate them and just eliminate catalytic converters. For instance, when I went to Will Fanning at uh, All Power Services and he welded my catalytic converter back into my car. It was hanging by a thread, as they say. And uh, I said, well, what if I didn't have a catalytic converter? Could you weld me just a straight pipe in the meantime uh, so I could drive my car without a catalytic converter? He said, yeah, no problem. We could just run it straight back. But he said it wouldn't qualify for the smog, right? So the problem is, like one guy in this article about here in California he went and got a different catalytic converter that worked on his car, but it wouldn't have qualified in the smog check. You know how we all have to go to a smog check every two years? So uh, I, I was talking to Will. I said, what if we just ran, if we didn't have the catalytic converter, could we just run a straight pipe, right, and hook up the rest of the and muffler? So he said, Lou, it would work fine. But he said, you're not going to be able to qualify the next time you know, I just qualified recently. I had to have a smog down on my car every two years. So I could roll with. So if you blow out, if you lose your catalytic converter and you can't afford one right now, or you've got to wait, just run a straight pipe through there, dude. And just run, you use it without it. And so the Prius had is the number one target for catalytic converter thefts in California. Thousands of owners now have their cars sitting around. You cannot... You know, you can't drive it without blah, 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 blah. I mean, you could, but it, it'd be crazy. Anyway, so they they can't keep up with the replacement parts. Isn't that crazy? Because they have so much of these specialty minerals or specialty, what do they call it? They don't call them minerals. Uh, whatever all the products like that they have to cobalt, lithium, all those things that they have to make to put into a catalytic converter. I can't, I can't remember precious something. I don't know. I can't remember the term. Uh, it's written here in the article, but I'm not here to, I'm here really just to tell you we we're in a predicament, baby. And when people are going out in the broad daylight, when you, when you go in to park, you park your car, 
You remember those old pictures where you park your car and you come out and the car's all up on blocks and your wheels are gone? That's what's going on right now. Uh, There are a few catalytic converters that the California Air Resources Board has approved for use on older Priuses, including one sold by Toyota for $1,800 and a Magnaflow uh, one listed at $2,800. But you can't get them. And uh, it's a big problem because now people are just junking out their cars or they're just selling them as is because they need to go get a car. Like I was telling somebody the other day today, in fact, on the phone, I said, you know, if if I couldn't drive my car because I was waiting for a part, I'd have to go rent a car or buy another car. I do not have a backup. This one guy, 31-year-old city planner, had his catalytic converter swipe while the car was parked on a side street. Repair took six weeks and cost him $700, including the deductible, the fee. In other words, insurance covered a lot of it, but he, out of his pocket, he paid $700 in deductible fees and gas for a rental. And a shield he installed over the top. Now, now people are armoring their catalytic converter, so you have to go through the shield to get to the converter. Unbelievable, right? <clears throat> so uh, it's, it's a big deal. And it's interesting, California, you know, uh, we have to do these smog. If we didn't have a smog check every two years, I'd I'd put a straight pipe on my Honda Element and just go for it. And, uh, but it's, it's, when when the government cannot provide security and the the community has has gone uh, lawless, it's kind of like the government keeps blaming us. The people, when they, then the government has allowed the, the, the government or the society to go by the, to fall by the wayside and their policies has caused people to be lawless, whether it be dumping garbage on your property. Like I just described earlier at glad tidings or people taking parts off your car that are so expensive and you can cut them off. They say a fast person could take one off in less than one minute. That's how fast you can cut them off with a sawzall. There, there, your car is not safe anywhere. In fact, some people have parked in these security garages and people just slip through and cut, cut, or even in your own garage. I mean, I've had people break into my own garage here in Marysville three different times. It's a closed garage and they broke it in three times. And, uh, so anyway, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, I'm down to my last uh, 13 minutes here, so I'm just thinking through what I want to talk about for the last. By the way, we had $40 million in the budget for California for to develop and and clean up and uh, make ready floodplains. Those are adjacent areas to rivers where if there's a if there's too much water, we have some around here. We call it the bypass, where, where the water is let out of the river, and we just let it flow down into open areas that are controlled, but it's not flooding houses. It's called a bypass. So they call them here floodplains, and they had $40 million in the budget to clean up and straighten up these floodplains where the water flows through, and you got to go in and do maintenance, right? So they had 40, not $40 million, they had $40 billion. And... Uh, 
So now Governor Newsom, because they, the, the, the state is really broke. It's not being publicized because the media covers for the Democrats. The state is really broke. So now he's things that we really need to do to protect people from getting their houses flooded and businesses flooded. He pulled all the money out of the budget to do the floodplain maintenance. So the description is, you know, a lot of it, it's, you think, oh, this is just environmentalism. No, the, 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 if people, people live up here in Yuba Sutter, the, uh, the floodplains around the river here are used when the river gets up a certain height, they divert a lot of the water out into floodplains and let it percolate out. Said floodplains sit adjacent to rivers and are wide, uninhabited spaces that allow overflowing rivers to expand during the wet season. That's what a floodplain is, or what we call the bypass system up here. The more well-kept and robust a floodplain is, the more effective it is at protecting communities downstream from the flooding. Last year, the state—oh, I'm sorry, I said billion. They, they, they have— uh, they had, they're quoting different things here. It's 40 million for floodplain restoration. They're saying they now have a, a budget deficit projected at 25 billion. One day we got extra money. The other day, next day we got 20. Who's keeping, who's counting the beans down there. So the state legislature last fall, they passed this budget. It had $40 million for floodplain restoration, removing debris. Just like if they ever let like a, uh, Riverfront Front Park uh, gets flooded every once in a while where they have the soccer fields. Well, when it floods, there's debris that lands down there. It, it knocks things over. It drops things there. And you have to go in, pick up all the crap, get it out, push, you know, pick up all the trees, move the sand, right? So floodplain restorations, removing debris, planting native vegetation, removing setback levees to restore flood, etc. Et so Newsom just says, Newsom, they have spent their way into a hole for years, giving money away. Where'd they give money away? Giving free uh, health care to illegals. People don't even belong in this country. They're just visiting or they broke in. <laughs> on and on and on. All kinds of screwy things. Doing transsexual surgeries for people throughout the country. Doing abortions for people throughout the United States. Right? Do you remember when Venezuela, you've heard this where socialist countries, they have very, like Venezuela was the fourth most uh, uh, successful or uh, rich countries in the world at one time, Venezuela, because it had huge oil reserves, right? And so the, the, the reason they were to capitalize on those oil reserves, do you know that some countries have wonderful resources, but they can't figure out how to capitalize and get it out of the ground and sell it and uh, produce? So Venezuela had all these private oil companies down there drilling and exploring and producing their oil, and so they were benefiting from all that oil. Well, when, when Hugo Chavez came in as the head of Venezuela, he took over all the oil companies and they, they, they collapsed. The oil companies collapsed. What do I mean by taking over? That means he said, you don't own this oil company anymore. We do. Now I want you to think about one of our utilities that has nearly collapsed twice in, the, in my lifetime. That's PG and E because the, 
the state of California has taken over PG&E. They haven't put the California name on it yet. But they have regulated PG&E basically out of business, telling them they can't use oil, they can't use natural gas, they can't use water power, they need to pay all these fantastic fantastic prices for bird blender power or, or uh, solar power. And the fact is that solar and wind cannot replace fossil fuel. They just, it just can't. You can't run factories with it. You can't build factories with it. You can't build machinery with, with the bird blender power and all that kind of stuff. You just can't. A lot of our products that we actually use and, and make are made out of oil. It's, it's God's rich blessing upon us, oil. We make plastics out of it, petroleum products. We make all kinds of incredible things. Things that are used in medicine, things that are used in all kinds of things. It's unlimited. That's the reason that, that the world has prospered because we use fossil fuel power. Now, Newsom, he's gone from ruining PG&E. You know, we have this California Public Utility Commission that just totally screws over everything. And now he's going to, to put a cap on how much you can make. Now, how many of you are in business out there? And how would you do if the, if the government wanted to see your books and not only for you to pay a tax, but they wanted to cap your oil profits. So if you made more profit than they thought you should, then they're going to take that extra away from you. That's called socialism, baby. And that's what they did in Venezuela. And you know what happened to their oil, uh, their oil resources? They collapsed. They used to almost give their gasoline away to people. And now they, they, their entire oil infrastructure, their refineries, everything have collapsed. Now they signed into law that could some way, someday put a cap on oil industry profits. That's the government owning that business, but not having the ownership certificate in their name. They're just, controlling every move they make that's why i'm against all kinds of licensing uh of permits and licensing for businesses i don't think the government has any right to it they should stay out of the business they should you should not have to have pay for protection money or mafia money to, to run a business no matter how whether it's a sewing business a hair cutting business a con- contractor business i don't think any of these licenses do anything to improve the uh the lot of consumers it's a fraud it's a ripoff and it's nazi that's what it is and by the way uh, we just celebrated last week the placer county district attorney dropped charges then he said i'm not going to prosecute uh uppercut barber shops or uppercut uh now they call themselves uh a so, uh social club but this week, Randy Mitchell was is now being sued by Gavin Newsom's people in court, and they're gonna they're gonna go around the district attorney. It's not a criminal case. It's not gonna, they're gonna civilly sue him to force him out of business unless he comes into compliance with these communists. They're communists. So what we have here is Newsom shutting down the oil companies and controlling the oil companies in California. So. California has some of the greatest oil reserves compared to the whole world. Where do you think they're going to where do you think they're going to fo- focus their work? 
They're going to focus their work in other states like North Dakota, South Dakota, Louisiana, Texas, Pennsylvania. They're going to go just like you would, just like a lot of my friends. In the last two years, a half a million people have left California. Why? Because they're just not going to put up with this. And they're going to go to a state that, that they don't have the same rules as here, right? It's the same way people constantly sneak in, break in, pay to get in, I've had gals beg me to marry them in other countries so so I could get them into this country. They don't want they don't want me. They want my ticket to ride to get into this country. People wanting why? Because it, the rules are better in this country compared to where they're coming from in communism. But unfortunately in California, the leaders of California want a communist state. That's where we're headed. And every one of these decisions, whether it's taking your kids from you or letting your kid leave you and go into a group home on their own, or go and get a sex change, or get uh, hormone treatments, or 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 uh, where they the oil companies. Uh, you know what oil companies are going to do? They're going to be fraudulent on their on their paperwork. What all these things do, and you go to a communist country. You know what we do in communist countries that, that I work in. We get around the law. We get around the rules. We become all, all criminals. Honest people, the communists and the dictators in this country make criminals out of honest people just by changing the rules. Just by changing the rules. And, there, and so Newsom has signed this. California has now the strongest, he says California in a tweet, has now the strongest oversight and accountability measures on big oil of any state in the nation. It's like he hates them. He's, he's uh, celebrating that. No more operating in the shadows. I, I'm, I'm totally into operating in the shadows. I have a freedom. I'm a free person. I can operate however I want. Unless I'm doing something to hurt somebody. He says, no more ripping families off at the pump. Listen, we would have cheap gas if they would quit harassing the oil companies. He said, big oil's 100-year reign over our politics is coming to an end. What are you talking about, dude? My problem is with the Democrats running over this country. You're ripping us off. The, The gas pumps went two to three times crazy when the Biden administration took over and trying to run fossil fuel. There's no way this country will ever run without fossil fuel. This concept of converting to bird blenders and solar, you know, it's, it's like the, I, you know, when Charles Darwin said, I think we all evolved. That's my theory. I, I can't prove it. The only way we could prove it is if we can see there's a link between one kind of creature and another kind of a creature. They never, he said, if we cannot find the link or the transition fossils from one kind, like from a bird to a reptile, if we can't find that, then my theory is wrong as a scientist. Well, here we are. How many years is it? 1850, Charles Darwin? To 2023, you added up or subtracted out. And we're still teaching the same nutso stuff. There is no way scientifically, I I, I didn't get to the article today. There's no way scientifically we can convert to wind wind, uh, 
windmills and solar and and still have a society we're going to go back to povertyville the reason the third world is even prospering is because they're converting to fossil fuel you know what they used to use wood they chopped down every tree we're done we finished it's uh it's done for this week so god willing we'll be back next week if god isn't willing we ain't coming okay you take care i see trees of green red roses too i see them bloom for me and you and i think to myself what a wonderful world These skies are blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day and the dark sacred night. And I think to myself.